Welcome to the Prime Subjective, a Crossroads Comedy Theater podcast. Oh, I don't know who that was. I, I just was um, uh, <laughs> possessed little, by... Little, little Morning Zoo. Yeah, there. Little Morning Zoo for you. I'll tell, I'll, you know, I'll go the opposite direction. Hello, and welcome to the Prime Subjective podcast, a uh, national public radio uh, funded uh, adventure. And yeah, I know I'm going. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be myself in the middle. Welcome to the Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast, where we will be reviewing. Uh, we have been reviewing um, uh, lower decks as well as um, panel chosen favorite episodes. Today we're doing Star Trek Lower Decks season three, episode two, the least dangerous game. And we're doing Star Trek Deep Space Nine season five. I think episode twenty five. I want to say. At 26, uh, Empok Noor. 24, um, 23, 24. 22, we were in the zone. Arguably the, most, arguably the most dangerous game that ever. Truly, played. truly from the yes. least to the most. This is quite, there's a, quite a symmetry yeah. to this. It's true. Although, uh, recap podcast. <laughs> although if we're counting Fortnite, I think that one takes the cake. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, you're already speaking, so I'll introduce you. We've got Jay Nim on the panel today. If you want to shoot things, uh, develop an unhealthy uh, 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 context of what people look like and gamble, Fortnite's your game. Okay. Fun fact <laughs> from know. Jay. Uh, <laughs> we've got um mike michael henley <clears throat> uh hello i believe the most dangerous game is tic-tac-toe and if you're surprised by that you should see the way i play it oh man okay yes. famously with landmines uh mm -hmm. we also have carrie coleman hinners uh i hello and i think the most dangerous game is just being in a committed relationship <laughs> <laughs> my goodness Hey Scott, yeah, I, we gotta talk, buddy. Something's up. Something's up going down. Um, I feel maybe maybe you play on a expert mode, but I'm out here on easy. Yeah, yeah I will say as 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 in month five of my current committed relationship, it's it's been pretty smooth sailing. But I'm wondering if maybe yeah. I didn't I didn't select the expert mode at the beginning. Maybe I'll mm -hmm. go back to that um, load yeah. screen. Yeah, you have that to reset bad. though. Like it doesn't. You have to reset. I think. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can find that button. Okay. There's no there's um, no tutorials. I think I have some clues as to where that might be. Um, and I'm Chris Newcomer. I am your host, who apparently is feeling very saucy today. Um, but I would love to hear, Carrie, how are you doing? Ooh, um, I'm doing well, thank you. Um, a few weeks ago, I took my art to a street festival in town. And there was a lot of people. It was a big town-wide street festival, very popular. And one guy came by and he bought, and I have a few drawings of uh, Star Trek uh, portraits, um, just a few because it's not my main thing and I was just doing it for fun. So I made a few prints of uh, Uhura and Cisco and um, Picard as Locutus. So I was selling prints of just those three and three things. And somebody came by, bought the Uhura print and said that he loved Star Trek so much. And he was talking to uh, uh, my husband because I just happened to be away at the moment. They had this whole big conversation. And he said, I know, I live in New York. I know somebody who knows um, Avery Brooks because he's a musician and my friend's a musician and all mm -hmm. musicians know each other apparently. Um, so 
no, I, I don't know. It was just some strange coincidence that he happens to know, uh, have a connection to Avery Brooks. So he brought, he bought my horror picture and showed friends of, okay, this is the connection. He didn't show Avery Brooks directly, but he showed <laughs> the friends of Avery Brooks who showed Avery Brooks my picture and was very impressed. That's so lovely. So Avery Brooks has seen your artwork. Yes, he has as a as a, a little bit of a whisper down the lane. Wow. I love that, that rules. That's awesome. <laughs> wow, you couldn't just let it that Tron Newman through or Tron Newsome through issue at me. You had to just yeah. go 18 steps beyond that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Now, is he interested to buy some prints? Are we going to make a little cashish off so. of this? Or I, no? I'm okay, not no. sure. I don't think he does a uh, convention so much. I don't think he's in the convention circuit as much as other people. So I think he seems to value his personal private yeah. space. He's a musician. You know, musicians, artists, you know how they are. I do. I'm familiar. <laughs> um, I have slept with many of I mean, dated many of them. <laughs> And I am familiar. Uh, Jay Nim, how are you doing? Is there a drink out of frame that we can't see, Chris? I don't, I'm, I'm having a drink after this. I haven't had a drink yet. So I don't know why I'm feeling extra saucy. Oh, I think I do know why. Goodness. I am going to yeah. see my boyfriend later. And I okay. did my hair. So I'm feeling good. <gasps> hey, nice. Your hair, looks, yeah. your hair looks very nice. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks very much. I was going to mention your hair. Yes. Well, Too I, I achieved it by, um, I have a little headband I wear that pushes my hair up and creates a uh, no 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 blow dry blowout. And that's my seat. That's Chris's uh, hair tip corner uh, for anyone who's cool. interested. Yeah. But Jay, well, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, I'm I'm in a in an improv showcase Thursday after next at a plays and players theater at nine o'clock on Thursday, September 15th. It's called the Borrowed Time Improv Showcase. And if you go look it up online, it doesn't say what acts are under it, but I am in one of the, the teams under it. <laughs> and remind us of your improv team name. Six different people. Right, 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 right. Yes. I'm the seventh person. Right. And previously there were eight. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Well, so. cool. That's exciting. Yeah. I was just at um, that theater to see the one night only um, Wadsworth, Wadsworth Constant. Wadsworth Constant. Oh, I'm so sad yeah. I missed that. It was, I mean, they're always incredible and you never know what, you know, obviously because it's absurd improv, you never know what it's going to be, but it was, oh, I'm jealous. as as one might guess, you know, funny and also like heartbreaking because I don't know, they, I feel like there was like an allegory for taking care of a parent experiencing dementia going on. I don't know. Whoa. They made it funny, but mm. they also made, like, made that clear. <clears throat> but, it's, but it's also absurd. So it doesn't right. mean anything at the same time. So it, they're making it sound like it has meaning and deeper meaning. And I think that's part of the, the gimmick right. and they accidentally mm. Stumble upon these sort of allegories and metaphors by doing that. It's super interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. And that's with Nick Gillette and Kristen Shear, who are Kristen Shear. two great standbys mm -hmm. of the uh, Philly improv scene. And Kristen, I guess, lives in Oregon now. So that's why it was one night only, because okay. it doesn't happen that much. Uh, but uh, big ups to them. Hey, Michael Henley, hey. how are you doing? I'm Good. I'm doing really good. Um, kind of a quiet week, and I'll have a lot of report, lots of reports. Certainly don't have the excitement that you guys have, but uh, 
uh, I got a chance to go upstate and see my uh, girlfriend's family, including her, his, her brother, who was a huge Star Trek fan. So, um, you know, put us in a room together and we'll talk about a lot. Of, although I was shocked to discover he had not watched Strange New Worlds yet, despite being a Paramount Plus member. I was like, oh, you got to get on that. Um, and then they did while I was there. So, you know, in my own private way, I feel like an influencer. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I'll take it. What's your sexy TikTok dance? Uh, I mean, I, uh, I'll meet you halfway. I have mm. a dance. Um, okay. If yeah. you had to, if you had to get a candy sponsorship from one company, what would it be? Oh, uh, Red Hots. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. How do you tell your, your people that your posts are sponsored? Do you either not tell them for extra money or do you write hashtag spawn as one of the top tags on Instagram? Or do you reveal it at the end? So you can say you did it but it's you gotta like be by omission. You gotta be insidious about it, actually, which mm -hmm. is that you need to do normal TikToks if you do normal stuff, but you always have the brand item in your hand. And so it becomes just linked in the person's mind that, wow, they can't do a single thing actually without that. Yes. I gotta get that. That's how you do it. Yes. It's I like look... uh, po Posmens on 30 Rock, positive mentions um, <laughs> <laughs> of products in sketches. Exactly. <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> Putting hemorrhoid cream in all of your in all of your videos. No, I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> For the under eye or the other eye. Anyway, um, that's enough of that. My goodness, is it? Oh, let's do more. Okay, anyone have any more hemorrhoid jokes? Anybody? Anybody? I don't know. I've been. They're a pain in the ass. Yeah. My anus is bleeding. No. Um. <laughs> That, of course, is from Don Hurt's Felt Rejected. If you have not seen that, that is a, Love a that. classic of the early <laughs> YouTube era um, that ends with some very cute cartoon characters screaming that phrase that I won't say again for your delicate ears. Um, nominated for an Oscar. Yes, it was. Yes. Great. Well, he's been, uh, he's been nominated for a couple short films for an Oscar because he also had that one that was about like traveling in time. Anyway, fabulous. I've seen that one. That was Don Hurt's Felt. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, how am I doing? Well, yes. How are you doing, Chris? <laughs> I missed the cue there. Well. I'm sorry. No, you're you're all good. I'm doing very well. Um, I don't have much to report. I did I did uh, see Wadsworth Constant, which was wonderful. And have I? Did we have an improv show last week? No, we didn't. We had one two weeks ago. Yes, that's right. Um, but we have a show coming up in Ambler. My 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 team, thank you, places a musical theater improv team. We have a show in Ambler on Saturday. And we just got a new website that I built. And uh, so we got some fun stuff happening there. Um, and there may be some announcements about possibilities for, you know, the team uh, growing in different ways coming up. So just keep your ear to the ground if you're interested in doing musical theater improv here in Philadelphia, um, as we may, you know, it's a, it's a, that's all I'll say. I'll leave it there. <laughs> um, and other than that, I think we can, we can move on to talk about, uh, what is that thing? Um, Star Trek. Right. That's what we were here right. to discuss uh any any start any trek in the news that we anybody knows about i i only saw something that could be an addendum to a previous trek in the news because as we we did talk about um um them sending the ashes into space on that uh on that flight it has not gone up yet but they have added uhura's um, they have added Nichelle Nichols to wow. that flight. So she will be, be with 
Um, I think Scott, did I say Scotty and uh, Gene uh, Roddenberry and Majel Barrett? Majel Barrett. Yeah. yeah. So she's on there just as a little addendum to the previous. It makes it even sadder that they have not been able to get that flight off the ground. Uh, they've scrubbed mm -hmm. it twice now, right? Because of various so. things. Mm -hmm. I wasn't well, keeping up that closely on it. <laughs> only, only, in, only in, only in relation to if there was any Star Trek <laughs> relative. Well, in some ways, it's related to Star Trek because it's you know the the basis of any sort of space program because this, this is getting us back to the moon eventually, and then yes. then they they're mm -hmm. to Mars eventually, mm -hmm. um, where of course we will discover the Romulans have been for 4,000 years. That's not true, but uh, wouldn't it be funny um, if they had an outpost? Wait, and I read another thing. Now this is not, I, not, I didn't pull this up. I did read another thing that the, um, who do Kalis, that's who the Klingons, the Klingons. Uh, worship Kalis. The original name of uh, Uranus related to, not related to hemorrhoids, um, <laughs> was Nicely supposed done. to be, was supposed to be Kalis. Oh. oh, and I'm just saying pre-Star Trek, I guess Kalis is a, a Greek or Roman um, reference. Yeah, an aggressive god, I'm guessing, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Hot take, better name. I, yeah, I think yeah. so too. I think so, yeah. So. Well, thank you, Carrie. Thank you for the, for the updates on the Trek in the news. Unconfirmed. Um, un unconfirmed. Uh, we'll, call it, we'll call it rumors and trek and rumor trek. Rumor trek. We'll call it that. Rumor, rumor has trek. it. Um, not uh, fact checked at all. Not double checked. I didn't check any references. I heard so. that. That's Jonathan on you. Frakes. <laughs> that's on you guys. You take that would, news and you Google it. I think we should do have a new segment that's just unconfirmed, salacious trek gossip. It's like, well, I heard. <laughs> I heard that Frakes and Sirtis aren't speaking. No, I or whatever, you know, that well, something along I that heard side. that the reason the ships are are um are shaped that way is so that an extra galactic entity can use them as a dildo. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Now we're talking. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, jet planets wow. have feelings. And maybe we should just move off of them. You mean uh, Move off the planets or <laughs> the yeah. subject. <laughs> no, I meant the All planets. Right. But you well, know, I think okay. we're working on it. That's part of getting to the moon so that we can move off of this planet and right. stop. No, 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 no. The rich people are gonna move to the moon. Are you not incredibly rich like I am? You're not just you're not Scrooge McDuck rich. You, you don't you have ain't got gold. moon money. You, you don't have a pool of gold doubloons in the basement like I do. Doubloons. Yeah, moon money. Moon money. Everybody's got moon Wait, money. Wait, did everybody get the moon money but me? Yeah, it's, it's the, yeah. the third round of stimulus checks. Moon can money, I, student loan can, relief, and, you know, uh, whatever. You, and, you and, uh, baby bonds, moon money, student loan. <laughs> what else are the liberals going to come up with next? Can I maybe mooch mightily off of that moon money? <laughs> oh, only because you successfully landed that alliteration. That's a 10 out of 10, Michael. Well done. Well done. I'm good for things. You are good for things. I, I feel like there's a non-zero chance that moon money will be like in the Fox News cycle in the next year. <laughs> yeah. Darn okay, liberals with quick... the moon money. Sorry. <clears throat> I did a quick search and I cannot find any proof that what I said was correct. So <laughs> I I will get back to you on that. 
Okay. This is, <laughs> Stay tuned for a future episode of of, uh, of uh, Prime Subjective. That is a sentence, by the way, you will never hear on Fox News. Right, no. right. They're not really yeah. doing due diligence over there. So they much. won't hire me. They're they doing doo-doo me. diligence. Yeah. Hey. Hey, hey, yo. Hemorrhoids. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Um, Ooh, I can't believe the Prime Subjective got all political. <laughs> and we gotta, and very we gotta start talking. Yeah, we gotta blue. start talking about Star Trek, or this yeah. is gonna have to I'm, be. I was, I was about to pivot. Gonna... Sorry, I was about to pivot. one last thing before we pivot. pivot. No, okay. I'm willing to edit this myself, but I want an episode where this beginning portion is edited like a shitty radio show with like the bah, 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 bah. she got <laughs> political. Like a sound bed kind of yeah. It'd be wonderful. I did. I will. I do listen to this other Trex podcast called Trex in the City, which is very good with um, mm. Alice Wetterland and Veronica Osorio, who are comics. Mm. But they did their their producer did create um, a soundbite like that for when they did um, Darmok. <laughs> so it's like Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. <laughs> it's just very. It's quite good. <laughs> quite good. Oh, worth man. a listen. Um, yeah. But we're here to talk about uh, Lower Decks season. Three, episode two, um, the least dangerous game, and I'm going to jump right in to describe this thing, and then we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. So the junior officers on the Cerritos. I'm sorry, I won't do that, student. <laughs> so the junior officers on the Cerritos begin playing a tabletop game hosted by the legendary Klingon Chancellor Martok to attain honor in the Klingon Empire. Mm-hmm. Mariner hates constantly having to report to Ransom uh, under such close scrutiny. Uh, this is quite a. a turn he's taken, though her friends privately feel it may be good for her. Uh, and during the game, after learning one of uh, his colleagues was fast-tracked to command of his own starship, Brad Boimler decides to consciously venture outside of his comfort zone and accept whatever voluntary offer comes his way, saying yes to all things. Um, so Mariner and, and Ransom go on a mission. Mariner is annoyed that Ransom selects Andy Billups and Sam Rutherford for a diplomatic mission on a pleasure planet instead of the engineering duties that Billups and Rutherford would be better suited for. Back on the Cerritos, Boimler is encouraged by the connections he's making and accepts an offer to be hunted by a visiting predator on the ship. Um, and Tendi tries to talk him back to his senses, but Boimler scrambles to hide as he is given an hour before the hunt begins. Um, true to Mariner's suspicions, Billups and Rutherford commit numerous cultural faux pas on their diplomatic mission and the resulting misunderstandings leave them poised for human sacrifice. Uh, frustrated Mariner takes it upon herself to skydive from the spire that she and Ransom are repairing, similar to a strategy used by Captain Kirk. Um, Ransom admits to her that he was wrong, leading her to abruptly stop her descent. Uh, Ransom skydives with Mariner all the way back down to save Billups and Rutherford in the nick of time. Um, encouraged by Martok's tabletop program, Boimler decides to go on the offensive and become the hunter, only to easily be defeated. (laughs) He's relieved to learn that the Predator practices catch and release rather than killing their prey with (laughs) Ransom, uh, and then with Ransom averting a diplomatic disaster, Mariner begrudgingly thanks him for saving the day, though she still harbors a deep resentment. Um, And the crew survives another perilous day on the job. The junior officers return to their Klingon tabletop game only to learn they need to shell out if they want to get past a paywall uh, to the next level of <laughs> this Klingon Dungeons and Dragons. Those are sort of the big hits. How do we feel about this episode, team? Loved it. Really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Klingon hey, D&D no complaints. is just... Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, starting with that... Cl- and J.G. Uh, uh, Hertzler Martok. playing um, Mart- Martok. 
was so fun to have him as like I love when they get the actors from the other oh, shows yeah. doing cameos and it was so fun and I love that the D&D game with the role-playing um uh Klingon is like amazing um was the skydive from like a J.J. Abrams Star Trek though that I believe was yeah J. J. Abrams yeah Star Trek. yeah so that's cool yeah I love a good space elevator it's um, not a space elevator it's an orbital <laughs> lift Right. It's a orbital not a space elevator. I watched Foundation when it was on on Apple TV last mm-hmm. year, and they have they have a big orbital mm-hmm. lift moment. <laughs> orbital yeah. lift vibes. Now here's another orbitals. unconfirmed. Here's another unconfirmed rumor. I thought they were thinking that that could be a legitimate thing that you could maybe make. Anyway, yeah, like science I mean, science is looking into that. I some, think so. Yeah. Some sure. orbital lift vibes, no elevator music. You have elevator movies because of how long the journey is. Hey, yo, elevator ring cycle, am I right? Good oh. 12 hours to spend. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just the video you see when you go and fill up at the gas station where it's like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, like diet news or whatnot. Or it's like when you go to the movies early, it's like, hi, I'm Maria Menudos. Let me just tell you about Man. nothing interesting. I for two really hours for Maria Menounos' like movie job security. I mean, yeah, I know, I know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I have, I have no ill will towards her. It's just you know the content. That's well, all. Well, we do just... know that you hate women, so. Oh, <laughs> Michael Henley. <laughs> no, he doesn't. That Mike, previous what? episode, I'm just. Why are wow. we picking on Michael wow. Henley? Wow. Wait, did I... you? Can I ask a question to this... to the yeah. other folks on the panel about some movie going things? Has yeah. has the Nicole Kidman pre movie thing that on AMC has that blown up your world like it's blown up the gay Twitter world where all we can only refer to that uh, as a, a very funny thing that's happened? Have you seen this where Nicole Kidman's like, this yes, is where we I come have. to make I've seen I, I wasn't sure that was a I didn't know that was a gay Twitter thing. Well, we just no. like women of a certain age doing ridiculous things. I mean, what right? Could be bad? I see it. <laughs> I see it. It's definitely blown up my Twitter as well. Yeah. So I mean, no, I think I think it's uh, it's 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 crossing all sorts of places. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. Because mm-hmm. it's bringing me a lot of joy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there was a great, um, uh, you know, there, there. I mean, that thing's been like a meme for like a year as people have gone back to the movies and just like, oh, Nicole Kidman is welcoming us back every single time. <laughs> and between that and Tom Cruise trying to kill himself, like here I am photograph me on this plane as it does crazy maneuvers as I, yeah. you know, this is just a thing I do in between mission impossible movies and everything. It's just like, did Nicole and Tom, when they broke up, did they get joint custody of the movies? Because it feels yeah, like, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joint custody of the movies. They have to share. They have to share <laughs> movies. I did rewatch uh, um, Stepford Wives last night, and she's ooh. still great in that. That's oh, mm. yeah. Uh, oh, I, uh, segue into Star Trek. How dare <laughs> you? I How guess fine. You? I guess that's fine. Go for it. Um, I also love the Pleasure Planet on this show, the Sex Planet, because yeah, that, that mm-hmm. is such that is such a, a Star Trek trope thing, going down to Pleasure Planets and accidentally uh, doing something bad and it's like the worst thing ever because you didn't show your belly button and because <laughs> you've been tricked by all the pleasure like, you think you can do whatever like, you want yeah remember that there was a next generation where wesley trampled on the flowers because oh yeah. he literally yeah. fell in the flower bed and they were right yeah over him. and they were yeah. like we're going to kill you now yep. yeah that was terrible. and then they were in like <laughs> almost hor- horrifying to wear like white 
like <laughs> jumpers yeah yeah, yeah like not. those yeah yeah no that, and they run everywhere and yeah there's uh yeah but everything. even the incredibly hot people they had in those clothes like the mm -hmm. way the clothes looked made them not look, look less hot <laughs> yeah. like, what's going on with that they we can do they, they looked like well the guys especially they looked like 70s hot which is weird because it was 1987 so it's just like mm -hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> no, yeah, not well, it's a different planet. Yeah, not it's ideal. A different planet. Yeah. Well, you know. you know, if I recall from that episode, it was every everything was so peaceful because they only had one punishment for everything, no matter right. what yeah. the crime. That's was. right. Death. That's right. It's death. So, yes. Doesn't yeah. seem very wellness oriented in any mm -hmm. like. No. no. What's even sense if you just murder people who do the smallest thing? <laughs> What's even crazy is that I think there's like Tasha goes down early in that episode to like she's part of the scouting party. Then she comes back and she's like, "Yep, everything's great." And it's just like, "Did you research all the laws and everything?" "Yep, everything's great, basically." And then Wesley tramples some flowers, and the policemen are like, "Okay, now we have to kill Wesley." And she's like, "What?" So I feel like not to feel, not to yeah, not to be mean to Tasha, but I don't think she was good at you know well, doing that like, research bit yeah. there. I feel like yeah, Tasha was, was desperate for force. company. Oh, sorry, what? I think she's more you know she's better you know in moments where you could show force, not really one for doing her due diligence. Yeah, I, I I agree. Um, not to speak ill of Tasha Yar, but uh, yeah. you know. I never yeah. fully understood that um, uh, when they do this on the, actually they did it on the Orville too. Come to think of it, when they go mm. down to the planet and they do something wrong that they didn't know was wrong. Why do they, they always seem to be like, no, we have to follow their rules. You know, we have to do their thing. And I never fully understood why that was. I mean, I get they're respecting the culture and I get that maybe there are some planets who are xenophobic and don't care what, where you're from, but at the same time, like Picard is like, or whoever is like, um, I'm so, well, I guess we're gonna have to do this trial now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, can I, you blame I, Picard I, for like not for wanting an opportunity to kill Wesley, to Wesley. and using it? <laughs> <laughs> not a fan. Yeah, I would do the same thing. He already killed his dad, am I right? They've yeah. done it, but they've done it so often. But they do it so often. It's so reg it's such a regular thing that they they can never really, you know, resolve this issue of having to follow the rules on on other well, I think the real problem lies in rules. if they do it so often, why are they so bad at it? Why are you they know, so bad at it? Yes, exactly. Always, yeah. If the protocol yeah. is yeah. to follow the rules, why are they then always messing that on up? You know, yeah. That's a, mm -hmm. Well, I also feel like the onus is on the government you're visiting to provide like sure. a delegation I, and like some sort of ambassador slash handler. So mm -hmm. you're not yeah. stepping on sacred gardens. So you know how yeah. to say Yuchin Chafa or, or what have you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make I feel sure like there's some kind of button is covered. I feel like there's some kind of like black comedy sketch somewhere and like just like this idea of like, you know, going to like another alien culture, but you do something that's like clearly bad in both basically where like, you know, like you accidentally kill someone and you're basically just like, oh, I didn't know you had rules against that here, you know, or something <laughs> like that. What's the rule case? So let's, I have a question because I don't um, know things. I just don't know things uh, sometimes okay. if they're not Star Trek things. Um, if I went to another country and I accidentally broke a law that I didn't know was a law, what would happen to me then? Well, I mean, it, do you remember this thing oh, from the serious? 90s? This guy who, in, I think in Singapore, maybe, was it? Where they had mm -hmm. some pretty strict drug rules? Oh, yeah. Marijuana they have or everything rules. Yeah. yeah like I, I think you, you are you absolutely liable. Gun. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. you've got yes. Kane. Yeah, you got Kane. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. They want yeah. to assume they just you're. It's yours. Your it's the responsibility is on you to know the rules. So if you yes. don't know the rules, yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like for instance, when when I was on yeah. tour with the musical, well, the musical I worked at in Dubai, mm-hmm. um, all of the normal gay websites you could visit, like Grinder and Scrub, are un- you can't access. And you go to the website, it's like this is an illegal thing you're trying to do, because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. being gay is illegal. You know what I'm saying? So right. it uh, is one of right. those things where yes, those laws are absolutely um, applicable, which made that a fun mm-hmm. place to do drag. Sure, right. it was sure it ended up being fun. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. So so it's so it's like Texas basically. I truly. Yeah. <laughs> truly. <laughs> not all hey, sorry everybody. Not all Texans. Hashtag not all not Texans. All Texans. I know. I know. Yes. Agreed. Texas? Agreed. No, I'm not from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like that there's some people in Austin or something that would take offense. Yeah, absolutely. Austin, yeah, Houston. No, absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you actually Austin City Limits is gonna sponsor the pod. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> And until they do so, we will call them home. We will say, homophobic Texas. <laughs> Texas, we're holding you hostage every day. You do not sponsor our podcast. Well, it's, any it's other thoughts cult. about this Sorry. wonderful episode before we let Mr. J. Nim describe uh, Mpok Noor and talk about that? I was kind of surprised by the fact that Mariner never came clean to Ransom about, so, you know, there's that, there's that plot line where, um, Mariner has been placed under under the direct command of the first officer because if she's put under the command of the captain, who is her mother, she's just going to flout the rules and disobey her. And so uh, she's with the first officer and he intentionally makes a bunch of boneheaded decisions rather than admit that she's right. And so she takes that and she decides to um, take the mission into her own hands to go save things. And as she's diving down from the space lift that they're repairing, she hears he he contacts her and says ah you were right that's let's go down together and so she has to stop mid-flight and run up a giant (laughs) set of stairs basically and a rock climbing wall um which is a fantastic i love the rock climbing wall (laughs) i love the rock climbing wall so much um yeah and and she manages to make it in time and then they leave together though she's half asleep yeah and she never tells him at, at some point you know because they have a big scene at the uh, after the mission where Mer- where ransom apologizes yeah. and says i was you know, being boneheaded and whatever mm-hmm. and i was expecting mariner to say actually i doubted you for a second but mm-hmm. she doesn't i'm wondering if that maybe it's because they're making it part of a larger arc for her like it's where like maybe ransom the con- knows yeah, or like the 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 their conflict or the conflict of her being under his thumb is not quite entirely done as yet. You know what I mean? Even if they've come to this impasse. Yeah. She per- yeah, I was surprised by that too. But then the the second thing that came to my mind is, oh, well, maybe she's actually learned a lesson. Like maybe she's actually oh, maybe mm-hmm. it's actually affected her. So I but then, but then, why lie? Like, shouldn't the lesson be to like be honest and forthcoming with your superior well, officer? That's not the lesson that she learned. <laughs> what lesson? <laughs> that maybe did she that learn, should then? be the lesson, but maybe the lesson she learned is maybe trust the officer uh, trust the to process, know what yeah. he's doing, or trust the process, or uh, um, don't be so don't rush off before you know. Um, I don't know, making letting other people in on it don't go off go don't go all rogue all the time i don't know yeah. maybe that's a different lesson that she learned yeah isn't part <clears> of the <throat> that lesson though isn't part of the lesson of trusting the process and your superior officers also being honest with them 
I think uh, you're I parsing think out that's something in, in it that doesn't quite happen in a 25 minute. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's one and line, you know, it, it's yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and also I'm sure there's the, you know, like is ransom worth it? You one. know, I think, you know, kind of, mm. yeah. Yeah. Never pay the ransom. Never pay the Rio. ransom. Yeah. Nice. That'd be a, that'd be a, a, that sounds like a cool like line for Jack ransom to say, but it also makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. It would only be detrimental to him. Right. Exactly. I, don't know, I don't know if I would, honestly, I was thinking about it. I don't know if I, if I got away with something and every no, there was nothing wrong no one got hurt everything was fine i might be like yeah okay let's let this ride a little bit <laughs> I, I i like that tension honestly in that yeah exactly in that like you know like oh i i kind of learned something but also like yeah. but ransom's still a douche like why should right. i give him the satisfaction yeah because yeah. he is yeah <laughs> he is he's absolutely he is. he's absolutely douche absolutely a yeah. douche. Jay, since we are we are yes. um, barreling through this our our, yes. our little podcast hour, do you want to describe for us a little bit of or or, or uh, Empoch Noir so we can yeah discuss um, that beauty of a horror, horror episode? Yes, so uh, it's season five, episode twenty four of um, Deep Space Nine, and the premise is that Deep Space Nine is kind of falling apart as it always is, but there's a uh, the, there's one critical component that they're missing that's that's resulted in a conduit being ruptured. And in order to find it and other replacement parts, um, Chief Miles O'Brien proposes that they go to a relatively close by abandoned Cardassian station that has the same build. And so Garrick also comes along in order to deal with any booby traps or security measures left behind by the departing Cardassians, as does Nog and a little smattering of four red shirts, basically. Um, and when the two get there, they're, when the team gets there, they quickly realize that they're being hunted by some Cardassian soldiers who are left behind on the station. But also Garrick starts to go insane and become consumed by bloodthirst. And at first he's working with the team to try and hunt down these Cardassian soldiers. But as he's overcome by bloodthirst, he starts murdering the Starfleet crew as well. Um, finally culminating in, in him demanding a duel against O'Brien. And the whole time he's been prodding O'Brien because of his war record, in particular against the Cardassians at Setlik Three, where he heroically bled an assault against, um, against a Cardassian encampment. Um, and every time Garrick challenges O'Brien, O'Brien kind of demurs saying, like, oh, I'm not a soldier anymore, I'm an engineer. But Garrick keeps on trying to like pull out the bloodthirsty soldier he believes is somewhere deep inside O'Brien. Um, but finally, at their duel, uh, O'Brien pretends to be there to fist fight, but really he's just throwing the fight until he can get Garrick close to a phaser he's set to explode. And that's how he wins the duel. And then they get home safe, minus the four red shirts who died. And Garrick, now treated, reveals, expresses remorse from his actions and asks the chief to um, apologize to the wife of one of the people he murdered. That's sort of the entire episode. Yes. Yeah, well done. Thank you. Yeah. I and quit. I didn't read that off of Wikipedia. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I wrote a su- I wrote a summary, and then I saw the Wikipedia summary it was half the length of mine, and I went, "Well, crap." And then you asked me to summarize it, and I just went for it off the top of my head. Great. That's good. Well, that's good. So, nice and succinct. Yeah. Thank you. For sure. Mm-hmm. I tried to be nice and succinct. Because I now will. we're going to be verbose. <laughs> um, yeah, we are. Uh, yeah. Yes, we are. So should I? I brought up some. Um, some topics to talk about related yes, to this talking episode. Points. Let's uh, because 
I really love this episode, but it's frankly like not very technically sound. Um, it's just not. There, there's the whole conflict of Garrick, Garrick and O'Brien being paired together and Garrick insisting that there's a bloodthirsty soldier somewhere inside of the engineer O'Brien and O'Brien is denying it, but then it sort of comes out at the end. And it just seems sort of contrived. Like the first time it comes up, they're just in the shuttle to the to the Cardassian space station and Garrick is playing Cardassian chess with Nog. And he basically says, Nog sucks at this, but O'Brien, you'd be great. And I'd love to play you in this. Uh, it just sort of happens. And it's really yeah. awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't feel like this is some latent thing that we've, that <clears throat> like when, when he said it about O'Brien, I kind of thought, really? Like, this is the guy you believe is a bloodthirsty soldier when he's just like, a kind of mild-mannered, nice engineer who's a little grumpy the whole time. <laughs> I feel well, I think, like I think it calls back to yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it calls back to. Do you remember the episodes on um, the wounded? Is the one in Next Generation? Yeah, Next where, Generation. Where, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I know that it's part of O'Brien's history that he's fought in this war, but he feels very far removed from yeah. it in Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. Hmm. But I feel like that's part of Garrick's point in the sense that, you know, like never oh, truly escape. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That like any any attempt to kind of put that behind you, all that is is a weakness of character. That's not even legitimate, as in you can never, you know, leave that part behind you. And I feel like I feel like Deep Space Nine never really paired up Garrick and O'Brien no. too much. So I kind of bought that. And especially when you have Garrick kind of being taken out of his element, you know, kind of mm -hmm. off the station and kind of actually kind of being used as a prop. Like, like he does it willingly, but it's this sense of like Garrick is going to be our ticket into Empok Noor because there's all these booby traps that will target non-Cardassians. So Garrick will basically be our, our, our way in. Um, you know, and and you feel that tension, and especially early on, there's a scene very right at the beginning when Garrick basically just says that people are getting too comfortable around him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 I thought that was very interesting, and especially in light of like what follows. Um, but even early on in that shuttle sequence, because it does definitely feels like Garrick is. God, I love Garrick so much. And one Me of the too. reasons I love him, yeah, he he introduced so many shades of gray into a Star Trek character, and I love the. It's not just self-loathing. That's way too simple, you know, to describe Garrick, basically. But there is some of that and the way he kind of lashes out at people and the way he likes to kind of tear down other people as basically like kind of frauds or posers, which I think is kind of what he was doing with O'Brien here a little bit. And he does with Bashir, I think, during some yeah. times when they're not, you know, having – I think there's a there's an early episode that's kind of all about them and kind of at odds with each other. And, yeah, and before, so I feel like it's all kind of... Before he falls in love with Bashir. And then before he falls in love right. with Bashir. Well, it's, it's really all they're falling in love with. too yeah. in this episode. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's all it's all kind of complex, but honestly, like I I I really bought that scene, honestly. And and I like the fact that Deep Space Nine was so good at like sketching in like these little corners, like whether it's a dynamic between characters or what have you, yeah. and then returning to it every once in a while, almost with a just kind of like, oh, you forgot this was here, didn't you? Well, like here, we're gonna really exploit this for an episode. Like you forgot O'Brien fought in a war, you know, and has that baggage with him. Um, we're gonna use that. Um, and I love that so much so much um yeah so I, I i dug it i i see your point i feel you i think that it did seem a little bit like if i was on that ship with them i would have been like 
geez, Garrick, you're in a mood. Why bring that up now? What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, you want to take a nap? Um, but uh, if, if, if like out isolated, this episode isolated from the episodes around it, I was watching, because I haven't watched Deep Space Nine in a while, so I couldn't quite remember what happened right before. So, um, and I, Garrick is such a complex character. So if this was the first time I've ever watching Deep Space Nine, and this is the first episode I've seen, I might have read that as one of a way for the story to um, come back later. I'm like, oh, they're bringing this up now because it's going to be important later and um, show what kind of personality that Garrick has because you only have this hour to show like what kind of people they are so that's kind of like what I was thinking um but yeah it did seem like for what reason are you bringing this up now <laughs> yeah um yeah. but like in in terms of just like the story the self-contained story it made sense um but Garrick is such a complex character and he's always it was within his character it wasn't out it wasn't outside of his character because he's always sort of poking at people like what? Michael said yeah he's always yeah. sort of yeah. like mm -hmm. trying to um keep this air of mystery around him he doesn't want people to get too close so he pushes them mm -hmm. away he needles them a little bit and, well and I think um, I think his I think his um it's like his spy training will never leave him. He's always going to be testing the defenses of yeah. the people around him to know where he stands. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also don't think that's a brain that does rest very well. Like he can't just sit in a ship and like do crossword puzzles. That's not really <laughs> his yeah. style. Right, right. Yeah. A nice well, word search. Yeah, yeah right. I enjoyed you know, this episode because it had like a, a low budget horror feel to mm -hmm. it. Um, and when I think it's low budget, whenever I see that they've reused the ship as another ship, it's like, oh, this ship is identical to our ship. I'm like, that's so they didn't have to spend more money. They just like lower the lights a little bit, add some smoke, boom, different ship. <laughs> String up so some bodies. I, yeah, yeah. So I, but I did kind of appreciate that. I think they pulled it off pretty well as a low budget horror uh, genre of yeah. this episode. Yeah. I'm really glad, um, Mike Henley, that you brought up Bashir because Bashir and Garrick have always seemed like the gay couple that should have been on Deep Space Nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and if you if you start from there, I feel like you can kind of decide to. I kind of thought about that and figured like you can kind of read this episode as like Garrick being sort of jealous because he's because because. I was Brian thinking about that. that. Yeah. Close yeah. Yeah. All yeah. His time yeah. Yep. Um, and that's that's <laughs> an explanation for like a particular all this time. What fascination. are you doing in those hollow suites? He, it does. He does um, specifically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you think about it that way. Are you receiving yeah. massages from one another in those yeah. suites? <laughs> right. And this becomes like a kind of homoerotic horror movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, I love it. Kill Hopefully. these people to show that I can. Honey, you can't have him. He's mine. Because you know, you know, Garrick has gotten at least one email from Bashir that's like, I know we were supposed to have lunch on Wednesday, but actually O'Brien and I, we were going to go to the Hollow yeah. Suites during lunch. So like, can we move it to Friday? And it's like, well, Friday's no good for me. And then mm -hmm. it became a whole thing. You're absolutely right. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious. So I, I didn't, I didn't see that, see it that way, but I can see it that way now that you bring it up because that's really fun to think about. Um, but 
what got me was the 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 guys reenacting other wars part because that is like okay so my father I know that Michael's father they re, they were reenactors <laughs> reenacting the Revolutionary War reenacting the Civil War and last week we were talking about they were reenacting the uh, the um the twenty whatever with um the first contact oh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so I like the idea of people in the future still reenacting the past and mm. the past just keeps catching up to you and they keep going back and going over the past is like hobby just like as a hobby just for fun they're just like playing um you know uh just playing <laughs> they're just playing around shooting their guns whatever this has always been I, I I agree. And this has always, always been one of my favorite things about Star Trek. And I think in a way, weirdly, kind of distinguishes it as a franchise, even as a futuristic franchise, where it's the only really franchise I can think of where you have characters who spend a lot of time thinking about the past, you know, whether it's Picard who loves Shakespeare or it's, you know, reenacting battles or, you know, Tom Paris being a 20th century, you know, nut or stuff like that. Um, and it's really cool because it 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 reestablishes how you know the star trek timeline basically it's an extension of ours so like we have some of the same reference points uh or we could you know if, if someone from the future does their research well enough and, and and i really like that and no other franchise really does that so i really dig that and yeah the battles i think is a really is a really cool part of that you know now that i think of it in the uh the lower decks episode we just watched they were doing they were doing a uh, role play as klingons yeah. So it's not mm -hmm. too far. Mm -hmm. It's not too far removed. So, yeah. I think I also like, um, I, I, I think Nog, because we all love Nog so much, it's hard oh, not yeah. to love yeah. Nog and using him as like the crux of the last person to be saved. And like, you know, even though I, I think, I think also think that it's a little bit of a disservice to Nog who is very capable. <laughs> <laughs> the first Serengi cadet in the yeah. in, in uh, Starfleet, but but I do appreciate but he's physically physically not as strong, yeah. but like right. very right. capable. Right. But you know he right. could he's... be overpowered pretty easily. I think right. yeah. <laughs> at I this stage, like... at this stage in his life, anyway. Right. Yeah. I think he's like fourteen, right? And he's <laughs> against oh, right. a Cardassian special ops agent. Basically. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty good for himself. Terrified. Yeah. Yeah, the point in there, champ. The, go a few rounds. <laughs> the the character is, but the actor was at least ten years older than what he was playing. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I love any time that Nog brings up root beer, and how mm -hmm. much he likes root beer, and how much just um earth earth it's an earth drink, and they just drink root beer. <laughs> I don't miss such a silly <laughs> thing, and I'm like, actually, I do really love root beer, and now I wish I had some. <laughs> I do. I I think also this this um, episode reinforced I think something we see a lot, which is they tend to put bullions in like sort of these weaker yes. sort of like yes. I'm scared, yeah. I'm not good, I'm yes. not capable kind of roles. Mm -hmm. And uh and that that is kind of a disservice to bullions, I would say. Uh, was but, there a mm -hmm. bullion on Empok Nor? I can't remember now. Yeah, did his they name have is a bullion? Bokta. So they had a bullion. Did they have? And did they have a bullion? Uh, yes, on pro that's right. On lower decks, the mm -hmm. he was upset because the bullion became captain so quickly. Right. Oh, that's they, true. Which is <laughs> a yes. nice. That's true. I didn't think about. Wow, that's that. a good through yeah, line there. I like that. Bullion. Yeah. 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 I, I thought there were bullions on both episodes, but you're right. The bullions are never sort of main 
characters. They're always right. sort of there's also the there. annoying They're barber. always there, but yeah. I love that barber though, because he just wants to talk shit about everybody. He's yeah. just like, do you mm-hmm. know, I think this? And also you really messed up last week, Captain Picard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't do that. They they should have brought that guy back more. That would have been fun. Well, I just also think like the 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 theater of giving Cap giving Patrick Stewart a haircut. <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Doing? <laughs> I mean, you know, he doesn't want to have like um, a, a ring mullet. around a mullet or something. Yeah. He doesn't want to be like just bald on top. You got to get all that hair off. <laughs> I will so, say, I recently rewatched Do- the old Dune, and he's in that. Yes, and his character yes. in the second part does have like the the bald ring mullet, and it is it is mm-hmm. not. Oh yeah, movie. it is mm-hmm. not a great uh, yeah. ideal look. Um, but he's great in that movie. <laughs> There's there's a there's a lot of weird stylizations in that movie, just like what do with you mean? the you know hair. Uh, you know, um, um, uh, you know uh, that that I think the Harkonnens are totally normal. Um, that stings and... stings codpiece in that movie I... was mm, was more than a little bit formative, I think, for me. I I'm me a big too. big I'm a big big Dune fan, so I'm afraid to make any sort of like comment because we might never ever get back to Star Trek. <laughs> Something that I something that I literally liked about this episode, Jay, um, or anybody, but specifically Jay. I'm like li- literally. I better change this. I'm seriously like. Okay, I better all right. Change we'll we'll, we'll talk about doing another we, time. We support or, you on this. Or we will have just a whole other podcast about <laughs> doing. Uh, Sounds fun. <laughs> I just love it. Um, I love when they. This is something that Deep Space Nine does more so than the other shows. Is their ensemble cast breaks out into more than just their main you know yes. a, oh, yeah. a story cast yeah. so i love when we get to hear like hey lower decks i guess another lower decks comparison in this episode we've got mm-hmm. a handful of these lower decks you know not even the b not even the b cast this is like the c d yeah. cast on this show that that suddenly they get to uh we get to know about them a little bit more we get to know about the guy who likes to collect um, medals or insignias <laughs> yeah. or whatever some silly thing which i totally believe because people are out there collecting just ridiculous things all the time so um yeah i i like that and you're like oh poor guys they're gonna die but anyway they get a lot of screen time they, they do they do yeah time. yeah and most of them are quite bad at acting like they're, they're <laughs> Like, no seriously okay yeah. It, yeah. Really, it really it I really mean... comes into focus when one of them dies like one of the security officers i think it's um pachetti i believe pachetti dies and then the other one amaro is talking about pachetti and how they used to train together and how pachetti showed had this killer move and how he'd love to use it on a cardassian soldier and there's not a hint of sadness or grieving he's like excited like he's amped up to like play in a big game yeah. When his like closest training partner and friend just died less than 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He's like, I'd love know. to use that move on a Cardassian. You're like, Dude, it that must be something. Died. It must be something that they get in Starfleet training because oh, there it, it must be like be prepared for somebody that is your friend to die and then just have to get back to work in the next five minutes. Like they yeah. must have some sort of training on that because it happens all the time. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it could be the Starfleet methamphetamine. Um, yeah, it could be the benefit of me. Yeah. All of those all of those hypo sprays they keep right. getting all the time. Yeah, yeah. And and the uh, the guy who's obsessed with uh Cardassian paraphernalia, when yeah. the scene where where he dies, 
he's sort of like Apple, you know, they're, they're both alert because they know there's a Cardassian nearby him and the security team member he's paired with. But then he sees like a shiny emblem and he goes, Ooh, and walks. Towards <laughs> that's true. That's it's true. Like a, yeah. Less than half a second flip from being afraid and like sweating to going, Ooh, and yeah. then getting ambushed. <laughs> it looks really funny when you watch it, like for the second time, it's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> It's 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 like Homer Simpson seeing like a dime on the street where it's like it's it's almost like a thumb twiddly like Whoa. Yeah. except it's like a minute into like a high adrenaline yeah. horror scene where like they're yeah. terrified because they hear this door open and they don't know what it is and they're hunting around it and man that's great twenty dollars I wanted a peanut peanut peanuts twenty twenty dollars can buy many peanuts explain how, how. <laughs> money can money change for goods and services. <laughs> Oh my god! Explain how. Something, something else I love about this episode is O'Brien, but that's because I love O'Brien. Like literally, like I think I think Miles O'Brien is maybe one of my favorite characters in all of Star Trek, and I think Garrick is my favorite character. So honestly, this this yeah. episode is a match made in heaven. But I love how, like, he's so like blue collar in a way that, like, as a kid growing up. I really started to appreciate the O'Brien perspective because, you know, I grew up on a steady diet of, of next generation and O'Brien's there in the background, but everybody else is like an explorer who's happy to be there, like best of their class and all that kind of stuff. And O'Brien is really good at what he does, really smart, but he's also, he's got, you know, he's a little bit, he's just got this look of a guy who's basically just like, yeah, but I also, I want to go home at four o'clock kind of thing, you know, like, and, and, and I, I, yeah. I relate to that so much. And I relate yeah. to, you know, right. the fact just like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I have a wife and I have a life and all that kind of stuff, I, you know? And, I hadn't yeah. thought about that yet. Like, yeah, I'm, tr I'm doing my job. I'm trying to do my job very well, but I also have to clock out because mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, he's I, not a high flyer. He's a, he's a, no, he's a, yeah. a middle, a middle performer with a bad marriage. And he just wants to get home to get, get an argument with Keiko. This is, I, I have never had a problem with Keiko. I don't understand, actually. I have a problem the, with her. I don't yeah. think that they are good together, though. Okay. Well, oh. Okay. Mm, interesting. All right. Hot okay. Take, I'm saying they take. are good for okay. television to watch. I do hot not take. think that for their own personal, they're always arguing. <laughs> they're getting in their way. Mm -hmm. And they're getting in each other's way all the yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I feel like the parts where they're good together don't make for good television. Yeah, but then they're always like, oh, things are really great. Oh, no, our daughter went back in time. Uh, That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if, like, during the, the part of Empok Nor where they realize they're stranded, O'Brien went, at least I get three more time away from my wife, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> Do you remember that very early episode where there's a custody battle about a Cardassian war orphan, and yeah. Keiko mm -hmm. decides, like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll set up the Cardassian for a couple nights. Like, I'll bring him home. Like all that kind of stuff. By the way, I'll not tell my husband, you know, who yeah. has a <laughs> strong relationship with Cardassians until basically he walks in the door. It's like, mm, I feel like that was a mistake. Mm. Uh, they, they just aren't always yeah. thinking of each other. Rugal, yeah. You know, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. Sounds but like I appreciate like that about Deep Space Nine. I appreciate mm -hmm. that about Deep Space Nine because they have they often show families of a lot of the different characters. They we get True. to see their families. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Keiko is also the first person on D Space Nine to basically say fuck you to Ka Kai Wen. So I kind of love that. So yeah. she'll always have a place in my heart because fuck Kai Wen. Fuck mm -hmm. Kai Wen, the worst. Mm -hmm. I, I think I think I will best. always 
I will always have a little, I love Keiko. I love Rosalind Chow who plays Keiko. She's mm-hmm. a wonderful actress. Just the episode Data's Day where she's just like, Data, I don't think I want to get married. Will you go tell Miles? And then it's like, this oh, right. whole, like so much unnecessary drama with the android. This it's- this episode messed me up as a kid because like it was one of those things like for some reason in the 80s, 90s, there was a whole narrative, not just this episode, but all throughout, which is like oh, women get cold feet right before they get married. Exactly. And I was like, is that a thing? Like, is that like that's so um, weird? Like, we're yeah. gonna call off the wedding. Like that happens in like so many rom-coms and stuff like that. I was like growing up and just being like, that's not a thing. Like, what are you guys talking about? Weddings are expensive. No, we're getting yeah, married. People are way too yeah. invested. Yeah. <laughs> financially like we gotta go through with this because of the money we'll deal with mm-hmm. our feelings we'll deal later. with our feelings yeah. later yeah listen feelings are free weddings are expensive <laughs> <laughs> but of course everything's free in the future so i guess keiko is basically just like let's have a million weddings and call them off what does it matter mm. Mm. Okay, yeah. go. Yeah, we got up. We got. I'm sorry, we got off the topic of Empak Noir because I do have yeah. a lot of Keiko feelings. I love yeah. uh, most of them are love feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. I did really love this episode, and I. I'm, yeah. I, I. I. I had seen it, but it was when I was trying to catch up to you all, and I don't think I was paying as much attention. So it was nice to just sit down mm-hmm. and focus and be like, legitimately, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Who's Gary gonna kill now? <laughs> well, well, I, I remember. I. I. I remember watching this episode when it originally aired, and I remember it being like, "These Days Nine was my favorite at the time, you know? And I was always willing to basically just be like, yeah, I love it. But also, like, an episode like this kind of struck me at the time, and basically just like, oh, they're trying to do a horror movie. I'm like, oh, okay, like, that's kind of something. And now coming back to it, I'm basically like, this episode rules. This episode is great. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I I mean, imagine it. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I I in, I like that we're doing this where we're sharing our favorite episodes because I do remember this episode, but it didn't stand out to me. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to have somebody else's um uh to to look at it again more critically and see see things that I missed before. Um yeah. yeah. That's all I was going to say, Jay. Uh, yeah, I was and and what I was going to say was that this is one of the the few but important episodes where Deep Space Nine willingly kind of smears one of its own cast, um, which mm. is so daring. Like, I love it. And and Garrett mm-hmm. kind of says it at the beginning when he's like, all these people are comfortable around me, and that's weird. And yeah. I almost take that as, like, the writers saying, like, hey, you find this guy, like, charming and funny and saucy. But he's dangerous. But he's a mm-hmm. dangerous murderer. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. Oh it's yeah, even one of the characters, that. even one of the characters said that like I came back I was so angry at, at him because customer service blah 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 this was too short but actually he's pretty dangerous so I don't know yeah. why I did that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I had known I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this episode is like we don't like I we made him too family friendly. Here is like him murdering people. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, yeah. and th- this episode is such a good example of like a good tightrope walk of like that character that a show wants to keep around because they're really lively. Um but at the same time they kind of keep having to contrive reasons basically for why the characters are kind of tolerating his presence. Uh, and this is a good example of it basically, which is like, I totally get it. Um, it reminds me of like uh, the character Spike on Buffy basically where, you know, oh, yeah. in the second, you know, like that that show, that character blew up like around season three and they were just like, we got to keep him around. Oh, also he's really dangerous. So how do we, 
how do we ne negotiate this? Where like he's a regular character, but also he's a character that none of the main characters should want to have to spend time with. Like, how are we going right. to do that, basically? Um, and stuff like that, you know, where it's just like, and and you know, I'm not saying that just like, oh no, horrible choices. It's more just like it's tricky, and I think this does it really, really well. I you I know that people listening can't see, but I was nodding emphatically <laughs> while Michael was speaking. It was a lot of uh, aggressive agreement. <laughs> Yeah, and I was saying, let me rest in peace. Oh, let me rest nice. in peace. Yes. Let me get some sleep. Let me take my love and bury it in a hole six foot deep. Wow. I can lay good. my body down, but I can't find my, find sweet, my sweet release. release. So let me, let me rest words. in peace. Okay. That he was one of, the, mm -hmm. one of the highlights of the Buffy There's... musical episode. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Oh my God! Let's wow. get into Angel next and how he's character. Oh, we'll I love Angel. That. Oh, I'd, I'd have we'll to catch up to all of you. <laughs> Angel, all the series is his dad was Dave Roberts from ABC. That's right. Used, uh, yeah, Billy <laughs> Connection of the world. Also, Angel, can the I, series for my money is the Deep Space Nine to Buffy's Next Gen. So can take, I, take that. Also, forward, can I tell you? Let's maybe that something you haven't realized about David Boreanaz. <laughs> Is that he kind of can't um, act, but we love him anyway? He has been, since he showed up on Buffy, he has yeah. never not been on a show. Up I know, I know. He has had, he has had continuous employment, back-to-back -back shows. There has never been a time since he showed up on Buffy until now where you could not watch him on television. Well, he was on so Bones anyway. for like 75 yeah. years, I think, yeah. right? 75 like... years. And now it's that SEAL team. He's SEAL team, SEAL team, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. anyway, good for you, huh? David Boreanaz. It's good to have a gig, you know, and, and after yeah. that, find another gig right away. I love it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, just think about that. Let that. Let that roll around in your head while you're trying to get some sleep tonight. Mm -hmm. I will. I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> well, we are we are coming to the end of our, our time. Mm -hmm. Does anybody have any sort of final thoughts on this episode, the things we haven't brought up yet before we wrap There's it up? There's something on that I wanted to bring up that I really enjoyed about this episode, watching it again. I like how it was directed. I think, oh, yeah. I don't know who directed it, but I... I very much liked that you could see the action going on while you were hearing dialogue happen at the same time. And mm. I thought that was very good. To, it kept into that horror genre of the show, but it was also a good way to keep things moving because you don't always need to have a static conversation. You don't always need to have a silent movement. So it kept it moved very nicely. So I, 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 I like that. This episode was directed by Mike Veger, V-E-G-J-A-R, not to be confused with the giant space pro. Yeah, but like uh, space uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> He directed uh, one episode of Next Gen, seven episodes of DS9, 13 episodes of Star Trek Voyager, and 10 episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. So wow, he was in it for the long haul. Yeah, wow. a pro yeah. all the way. Mm -hmm. Oh, Here. man. We were talking about our favorite episodes of Star Trek all around. Nobody brought up any Enterprise episode. <laughs> You know, I I need to watch Enterprise again because, like, it's one of those shows that, like, I don't know, like, even a show that's not my favorite, like Voyager, there's still plenty of episodes where I could just be like, well, that's a great episode. But, like, Enterprise mm -hmm. kind of all kind of blends together for me. I don't even yeah. think it's bad. I think it's just kind of, like, beige for me. And, like, yeah. I need to kind of watch it again. 
There's I... one really good one. Um, I think it's either called Dear Doctor or Dear Diary. No, it's Dear Doctor. And it's the one with the about, yeah, that that's an excellent one. Um, mm-hmm. It just kind of suffers from having some really bland crew members. Honestly, too, I think that, could you imagine if they had a Star Trek style intro? Truly, for me, that was always my jumping off point. I was like, I'm sorry, I yeah. can't get into this rock. This rock is the blank for me. The soft rock. Yeah, it's like it had a lot of really good ingredients, but it had also a lot of things that didn't yeah. get the recipe right. Yeah. But great ingredients mm-hmm. that didn't get the recipe right. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I've tried watching it while, um, while allegedly after having smoked marijuana one time. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. And allegedly. I, I ended, I woke up the next day and I've written several pages about how much I didn't like it. Um, not, not for any like wow. substantive, like who would have thought? But I, wow. then, but I, but in that I compared it to like, to next generation specifically and talked about how like the ship they're on is like so cold and militaristic. Like it almost yeah. looks like a submarine and how like there are people walking around with guns all the time. Yeah. And yeah. it just feels like it's like a weird military show. Yeah. And that um, is weird. That's the weird part of it. Cause I'm like, weird. they did that on purpose, but they made it too. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but there, there are some gems in that show. Trip Tucker, the Southern engineer. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Flox is incredible. Mm-hmm. And it kind of rounds out there. Yeah. I saw, I've seen one episode where I think Padma Lakshmi was a guest star. Mm-hmm. She was great. I like her. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hot, uh, hot take, hot take. Very pretty person. Yeah, Mike. I think you're yeah. alone in that. No one else in this. Yeah. World I know it's unpopular. Yeah. I know. Very yeah. Yeah. How could you even? I know. Yeah. Um, she's no, she's stunning. She's gorgeous. <laughs> um. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, does anybody have any um, recommendations of things they'd like folks to check out? If you want to listen to a whole al- a whole soft rock album where the lyrics are all about a guy wanting to be peed on, uh, Urinal Whoa. Street Station by Tim Heidecker. Uh, no, sorry, by Tim Heidecker and the Yellow River Boys. Is <laughs> oh my excellent. God. It's huh. so good because if you put it on in a public place, it just kind of sounds like generic soft rock, like honky tonk sing along soft Tim rock. Oh and God. but then you listen to the lyrics and it's all about like, how he wants to be peed on or like the truck stop piss club that he goes to. And it's oh, man. excellent. Uh, you I could play at a believe... family gathering. No one would know. I can't believe you'd bring that up. Now, can you tell me a little bit more about the truck stop piss club? <laughs> oh, you got to uh... listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. Quite a, quite, quite a wreck there. Um, quite a wreck. <laughs> well, I have been watching just probably like the rest of mainstream America. Um, uh you know lord of the rings um oh, yeah. and uh game of thrones reboot shows um now i know crossroads has the game of thrones podcast so recommend you listen to that because i'm sure they're gonna have yeah. a lot to say about that yeah my my personal thing about the game i'll tell you right now i'm not on that podcast but i think that game the new series was a little dull it's a little boring for me. Oh, I heard someone okay. refer to it how they are always basically. It's like every scene is like, "You're my daughter," and because of this, you are. Big. They're always just restating all of the facts of yeah. sort of what we know is going on. Yeah, and that's a little like, <clears throat> okay. We we get it. Well, it's different. I'm gonna give it some more time because sometimes with shows, it takes 
a couple episodes to really start to get into what they're doing. So I haven't given up on it yet. I do think the young actress they have playing Rhaenyra is incredible though. I think she's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, I have not watched it yet. I will say I was a little bit disappointed to hear that they reused the Game of Thrones theme for the uh, like the main title title sequence of Fallen Cousin. I was like, but that's so iconic. Like you should get, you guys should yeah. have your own theme. And the same way that Deep Space Nine. A little bit. <clears throat> did they? Exactly the same. It feels okay. a little, I can't quite recall, but. Well, they had tried okay. Yakety Sax originally, but it didn't have quite See, the same feeling. See, that would be, that, that's something wait, different. Wait, 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 wait. Well, they, they tried an all kazoo yeah. cover and that was, they, didn't work either. And then they tried Faith of the Heart and they were like, no, no, this is too sexy. <laughs> And then they settled no, no, on the Enterprise much. team. Yeah, and they're just yeah, it's, that. it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of mm-hmm. pressure. They were yeah. under a lot of pressure. They were. They were. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if I... I don't think I really have any wrecks besides the ones you've mentioned. I, I also watched the... I've been enjoying the Lord of the Rings reboot, but I love... I, 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 I think that's yeah. been pretty good. I like it. Um, I don't understand elves. Someone's gonna need to sit down and 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 just and tell me what elves are all about. Like, do they what kind of powers they got? Yeah. What's with that blinding light? Like, I have some questions, but yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I know, know too much about elves either. Yeah. My my apparently my boyfriend knows much about this because I was watching it. I didn't know that he had any sort of fantasy sci-fi knowledge. And he's like, well, actually the wizards are like archangels that come down. And that's, I was like, oh, okay, well, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I was unaware. I'm glad to know that because that yeah. answers a, at least one question for me. Because basically in the first episode, I think we see who is going to become Gandalf or, yeah, I think so. Because and he comes down in a very sort of archangel kind of way. Um, Somebody falls oh. from the sky. Somebody falls from the oh. sky, Michael Henley. I haven't somebody watched it yet. Somebody falls from the sky. Somebody falls no spoilers, to. Yeah. somebody falls from the sky. Okay. All right. And it's Dorothy Gale, and actually they're doing what <laughs> oh, and they yes. Oh, I love it. And they fall on a witch, and they fall on the witch, and it takes it. Oh, Galadriel, Galadriel, I just want to go home, Galadriel. <laughs> 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 And then Gl- Glad Gl- does our best Glinda the Good Witch impression. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I love it. Yeah. I would I would pay to see that actually. Quite good. Um, yeah, then I I my recommendation then would be to watch the 1984 Dune, because I did rewatch last <laughs> night. <laughs> oh God, and it yeah. is just uh wonderful in many different directions. I'll say that. How about that? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's unique. It is unique. David Lynch would love to see in that mind. Uh, <laughs> David Lynch um, took his name off that movie. He was so mad about that movie. What, yeah. Did he really? He, it was still on there a bunch want, of times. He'd like he, disowned that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That is the movie that made him give up on like Hollywood big budget movies yeah, because, because yeah. yeah, they kept he, um, cutting his idea. You know, they kept changing it, editing it for him. And he didn't, the, the movie that we see is not fully the movie that David Lynch wanted. So. So was it his yeah. idea to have all their inner monologues just be whispered over them looking yeah, furtively? Yeah, that things? was the weird part. The whisper That's... monologues. That's a, yes. a distracting part of that. <laughs> and then, of course, Alicia Witt, who's a great actress as uh, mm-hmm. Alia, his young Absolutely, sister, yeah. mm-hmm. doing the creepiest child acting I've ever seen in my entire life mm-hmm. at the end of that movie, holding mm-hmm. a knife and a little needle on her finger. Oh, I was, it was, I had forgotten about that. It was quite good. That's the most frustrating thing about that movie is that it's not bad. It's way too interesting to be called bad. Like, you know, like it's, you know, that there's a lot of really cool stuff in it. Um, it's just, it's 
weird. And it's one of those movies based on a book where like you could sit down with someone who has read the book backwards and forwards. And they're basically just like, you know, every once in a while they could equally be like, oh, I, let me explain to you what that is. And then at the same time, they could also be like, I don't know what that is at all. Right. You know, like, yeah. Hmm. I did it. I did a Twitch stream once where I was like just called talking about Dune and I brought my friend over <laughs> oh and my we God. watched and we watched Dune and every now and then I paused it and I explained the background of what mm -hmm. was going on. Like, so when they pull the stopper out of the heart and he drinks the yeah. blood, it's because <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So this guy is kind of like a creepy pedophile, but he's really bad. So <laughs> <laughs> I really I'm like work on my voice that controls everyone though. That's sort of like yeah. that little ah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That hurts so I'm gonna sing later. I gotta say that. Me, 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 me. Okay, back back mm -hmm. to our good, good, good. <clears throat> well, does anyone uh, I think that brings us maybe to the uh, end of this episode, unless anyone else had a recommendation they wanted to throw out there. Just real quick, I was doing some traveling over the weekend in the car, and I'm always looking for audiobooks. And there's one that my girlfriend recommended to me that I really enjoyed, which is called um, – it's part of a series. Uh, this one is a novella. It's called All Systems Red. It's called a, uh, part of the Murderbot Diaries is what the series is called. Oh. Um, it's like a four-hour you know, audiobook, so it's a, it's a, it's a quick listen. Uh, but it's really, really strong. It's a you know, futuristic sci-fi story. Basically, it's about a you know, kind of a, an, an indentured servant robot who basically starts to develop a little bit of a conscience. Um, as he's kind of, you know, paired with, you know, different clients and whatnot and takes place in this futuristic world where a lot of the, you know, galaxy is run by different corporations, you know, um, and everything. And it's, it's really strong. It's got some like neat, like social satire, but also sidesteps. What I think you might do, uh, you know, hear the, hear a premise like that. So it's really, really enjoyable. Like I said, it's a quick listen. I really liked it a lot. Very strong. Well, I'm sorry, Mike. We don't we don't support sci-fi here on this podcast, so unfortunately, uh, we can't. Drat. We can't give it the prime subjective seal of approval. No, we Ew, that's great. Seal of disapproval. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Preparing for the radio show episode. <laughs> I love it. So 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 seal of disapproval. <laughs> seal of disapproval. Hey, you have to record several things. Just yeah, I could. I just that. need. I need one piece of equipment, and I could do it probably. You just need one piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. Just the one. I just okay. need like a MIDI. My MIDI keyboard doesn't work anymore. All right. So I need what's to... your Ven oh. What's your Venmo? We'll get people to. <laughs> yeah, drop it. Drop drop a drop a Venmo over to JNIM so we can get a MIDI keyboard and really amp Crap. amp what's the, my, the what's sound my Venmo? In this. This is the one time where I I I don't know where my here's my phone. Aha. Okay. Okay. Hold. Hold. JNIM is finding his Venmo in case any of our fine listeners. Oh want no. Listen, if they do that, I hope this. <laughs> If they know, no, I no, I would no, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> you can do that. That's totally yeah. good. Why not? This feels weird. All right, fine. This feels weird. There are at least a hundred people who listen to this podcast. That's a it's, real thing. It's so at J A I hyphen N I M. Okay, so if everybody gave a dollar, Jay will get uh, a good portion MIDI of this keyboard. thing, MIDI keyboard, so we can get some really cool sound effects going. You can really up the ante on the prime subjective and make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, we're gonna need like a breaking of glass. We're gonna yeah. need like air mm -hmm. horns. We're gonna need a like uh what's what's the catchphrase that we have on this? Oh. Maybe 
Let's also, just end a... on random sound effects. Just everybody will just do random sound effects and then Mike uh, will yeah, cool. fade. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah. give their radio sound effects now. Okay, here we go. Yeah. A pew, pew, pew.